going on everybody welcome to the very first episode the pilot episode if you will of dreams and fantasies the show where i will make your fantasy dreams a reality now that we got that corny ass intro out of the way we're going to be doing the first series on this show which is doing a little preview of each division and i'm going to be giving my thoughts just real quick on all the players in the division where they rank how i feel about their adps value guys, guys that I'm avoiding, things like that. So we're going to be going ahead and starting with the NFC East. Why? I don't know. But we're going to go ahead and start with the NFC East, and we're going to go to America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, with their quarterback position, Dak Prescott, currently listed as the QB4. Dak was obviously great in fantasy before his terrible injury that he sustained against the Giants last year. And Dak is somebody, you know, he gives mobility. He's got a lot of weapons to throw to. QB4 does seem a little high, in my opinion. There's some other guys that, you know, could potentially be ahead of him. And, you know, QB4, you're going to have to spend a pretty high pick on that. And me personally, I'm a guy that likes to wait on quarterbacks a little while. I like my Staffords late. I like Trevor Lawrence. I like Joe Burrow. You can get Herbert a couple rounds later. I just don't think I'd be willing to spend the price on QB4 for Dak Prescott, but I do think he could return value. I don't know about top four value, but Dak to me is a pretty good top seven lock. Now to Zeke at RB7. If he watched Zeke last year, he just wasn't very explosive. He didn't look like the same guy. And their offensive line to me hasn't really gotten any better. The one thing with Zeke, that is his saving grace, is that he's still going to get his touches. He's still going to be their workhorse back. Zeke is the guy in Dallas as of right now. He's currently listed as the RB7 in fantasy. I could for sure see him finishing top seven, but I also would like to pick guys with a little more upside, such as, you know, I'm big on Cam makers. as is going to be a theme in fantasy throughout this offseason. I am really trying to load up on LA Rams. Cam Akers, the main one especially. I would take Cam Akers over Ezekiel Elliott. Aaron Jones, I think, could be a little better this year. Even if like Joe Mixon can maybe have a bounce back here, although as a Mixon owner last year, it would hurt to do that. But Zeke at RB7 isn't terrible value, especially if you're at the late turn, you know, 11-12, and you can get him as your RB2, pair him with an Aaron Jones or a Cam Akers, that can be a pretty fantastic pick. Tony Pollard, by the way, we should mention him while we're still in the running back position. Currently listed as the RB43. Obviously, he's one of the best handcuffs in fantasy football. But as long as Zeke is on the team, he probably won't be getting very many touches just because Zeke, you know, he's got that big contract so ingrained into the system. But if Zeke goes down, as we've seen, Tony Pollard is a plug-and-play RB, you know, 
solid RB2, low-end RB1 if Zeke is hurt. So Tony Pollard can for sure be a great pick. And with just how thin RBs are this season, guys like Tony Pollard could win you a fantasy championship if you pick him and Zeke happens to go down. Now we're going to go to the wide receiver position. Amari Cooper listed at wide receiver 14. I am not touching this for Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper is too inconsistent. There's just there's so much value at the wide receiver position. And even if you're going to pick a receiver in this range, I just don't love it with Amari Cooper. I'd rather take, you know, a Robert Woods or a Cooper Cup or, you know, Justin Jefferson, Keenan Allen, guys like that. I would much rather have them than Amari Cooper. To me, if there is a wide receiver you're going to take in this offense, it's going to be CeeDee Lamb, who's listed a wide receiver 18. And I think has more upside than Amari Cooper this year just due to consistency and having more of that breakout year. CeeDee Lamb was very impressive to me. And even in games when Andy Dalton and, you know, I don't even remember who their other quarterback was. I'm blanking on his name right now. Cooper Rush, was that who it was? No, it was Garrett Gilbert. Garrett Gilbert. If your starting quarterback is named Garrett Gilbert and your wide receiver is still succeeding, that is a sign of greatness. Garrett Gilbert. I just want to drill that into the minds of listeners at home. Garrett, one more time, Gilbert. Starting quarterback in the NFL. And CeeDee Lamb managed to put up respectable numbers with those guys at quarterback. CeeDee Lamb, to me, is going to be a star in this league. And I would absolutely take him at wide receiver 18. Michael Gallup, I guess I have to mention because he's the third wide receiver on a pretty pass-heavy team. But he's wide receiver 46. Nothing super special. But, you know, he's kind of just there. He's a guy that might get cut in the offseason, to be honest. But, you know, he's a, he's a streamable guy if you have injuries. Nothing more than that. Tight ends are Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz at 26 and 30 at the position respectively not high on either both of them are just going to be streaming guys based on matchup i don't love either i'm not drafting either but if you have to pick them up based on matchups to stream then sure now that we have the cowboys out of the way let's go ahead and go to the philadelphia eagles let's go to their quarterback jalen hurts listed as qb10 Going to be honest, I don't love it. The only thing Jalen Hurts really showed for fantasy upside last year is mobility. And mobility can help for sure to give you a consistent floor. But I don't think he gives you the passing upside to justify taking him as a top 10 quarterback. I would love Jalen Hurts as a QB too. But he's being drafted right now as a low-end RB, or not RB, QB1. I wouldn't take that. There's guys below him that I would rather have, which we can get to later on in this series as I preview every single division. But he's just not a guy that I love at that price tag. Probably won't be seeing Jalen Hurts on any of my teams unless his ADP drops throughout the summer. And also if, you know, as the offseason progresses, we can go back and look at these and then my opinion will change, obviously due to training camp and OTAs and trades and cuts and injuries and all that. This is just kind of early previews because I couldn't wait any longer to talk about fantasy football. Let's talk about Miles Sanders at running back 18. I am completely dodging Miles Sanders in all leagues. If you've heard any of the reports, they're talking about, you know, 
Miles Sanders is not going to be a bell cow back. They really like on Johnson, who they brought in to get pass catching work. They drafted Kenneth Gainwell in, I believe, the fifth round. This just isn't a situation to me that screams fantasy success, especially at the RB18 position. There's guys that I like a little more. And there's honestly not terrible late round value of running back. My big strategy for this year, that I'll give a preview into, is you're going to see a lot of these running backs by committees. I am much rather going to take the later guy in these committees way later and get the value picks at positions like wide receiver instead. Miles Sanders at RB18, way too high for me. Now, Kenneth Gainwell at running back 60 may not be a bad pick. He clearly has some room for touches. It's an upside pick. If you're picking that later running back, you're going to want to take a rookie. Can't hurt to take a shot on Kenneth Gainwell. Let's move on to Devontae Smith, the wide receiver, 41 position, as I talked about with Jalen Hurts. He's just not going to get volume. He's not getting any volume in this offense just because Jalen Hurts isn't throwing the ball enough. Devontae Smith is not really a guy that I love. Rookie receivers have a history of not being great at fantasy football, so I'm not touching Devontae Smith or any wide receiver really in this offense, which includes Jalen Rager, wide receiver 60, and Travis Fulgham, wide receiver 92. I don't know why I even put that down. But Fulgham had a little bit of a breakout at some point last year, so I figured I'd mention him briefly. Uh, Dallas Goddard at tight end nine, though, is a tight end I would really like to have. I think he can easily surpass tight end nine. He's probably going to be around tight end six to eight in my rankings whenever I put those out, which I'll probably do after I do all the division previews. But Dallas Goddard, I would love to have, because with guys like Jalen Hurts, I mean, you see with Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews, they usually do look to the tight end. So Dallas Goddard's a guy I really want. And then Zach Ertz is currently on the team, but I don't know if I should even mention Zach Ertz because we don't know what's going to happen with him as far as if he gets traded or cut. He's currently listed as the tight end. What is it, 18? Yeah, tight end 18. So, I mean, do with that what you will, but I'm not going to have a consistent or consensus ranking on Zach Ertz until we figure out which team is actually going to be playing on this season. So that's the Eagles. I really don't love anyone in the Eagles offense except for Dallas Goddard. It's going to be kind of a theme with the NFC East. Not a whole lot of fantasy value in this division. As we saw with this division last year, it was kind of a mess. They're kind of ass, I would say. So you're not going to want a ton of these guys in fantasy, especially because they're being drafted a little too high. But with that being said, we'll go to the Giants. And we'll go to Daniel Jones, who is actually a pretty interesting prospect this year. At quarterback 27, not even being drafted as a quarterback 2 right now. I'll take that every time. He gives you rushing, which gives you a decent floor. He's got way better weapons. His offensive line still isn't great, but it's not as terrible. They've for sure added to it. Daniel Jones, as you know, a week one streaming quarterback based on matchups with upside, I'll take that every time. Daniel Jones is probably going to be on a decent amount of my teams if I elect to go late on quarterback, which, as I've said, is a strategy I like to do. I don't love spending high on quarterbacks with Daniel Jones. It's going to be a target for me. Saquon Barkley, though, at RB5 is not a target for me. I do not like Saquon Barkley at all this year. 
just too many injuries. Saquon as a player, amazing, but he just gets hurt too much. And if you're taking a running back first round, I need assurance that he's going to be the guy on my team. I don't have that with Saquon. He gets hurt too much. Just We've seen explosive guys like that in any sport, really. They're going to get hurt. His hamstrings probably look like pulled pork at this point. I don't even know what to say about Saquon's health. It's just not there. I'm not taking him. And then his backup currently is Devontae Booker at RB71. And if Saquon gets hurt again, I mean, they'd probably add to their running back room a little more. But Booker, as of right now, seems to be the guy that would be next in line for touches. So RB71 for, you know, a guy that could take over workhorse backs, touches, and really take that role, I'll, that's pretty good value. I'll take that every time. And then you go to Kenny Galladay at wide receiver 22. I just, I don't know. Kenny Galladay is a weird fit in this offense to me. I mean, Daniel Jones is another one of those guys that doesn't throw for a whole lot of yards. I mean, Kenny Galladay, there's just, there's a lot of value. I'd rather have guys like Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, like I mentioned. There's just other guys in the range that I like. If I'm taking a wide receiver, I'm going to be trying to take wide receivers in high-volume passing offenses. And this doesn't seem to be one of those right now. If there is a wide receiver that I like, it's going to be Kadarius Toney at wide receiver 57. I know that I mentioned rookie receivers, but Kadarius Toney is one of those types of guys where they're going to manufacture touches. And Kadarius Toney could be a pretty good value for that. He'll probably give you some rushing yards, decent receiving yards. I'm not saying he's going to be anything crazy, but I could see him finishing, you know, top 35 at the wide receiver position. Wide receiver 57 to me is pretty good value on just, you know, jet sweep plays, little screen passes, things like that. Sterling Shepard, wide receiver 72, doesn't really matter. Sterling Shepard's not a guy you're going to be looking at unless you're in really deep leagues or in case of injuries. Darius Slayton, a wide receiver 82, same thing. Evan Ingram at tight end 11, don't like it at all. I'm not judging him or Kyle Rudolph, who's listed at tight end 29. They're just going to take away from each other's value. Don't like it whatsoever. Again, not a very high passing volume offense. Not touching either of them. And now we'll go to the team that, in fantasy, intrigues me the most in the Washington football team. Very interesting team. Got some, you know... This offseason was very interesting, defense especially for me, but obviously we're talking about offensive guys here, and they have some interesting pieces. Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't one of them, though. Ryan Fitzpatrick, QB 30, don't love it. I mean, he's going to be a guy that, you know, you stream for the first three games, and then he sucks after. That's just the, the Ryan Fitzpatrick pattern. We've seen it before. We're seeing it again. So if you need a streaming guy, you can use him. Other than that, he's not going to be a guy that gets drafted. Antonio Gibson, RB12, I'm kind of into. I like Antonio Gibson, especially in PPR leagues. And whenever I give these rankings, I'm going to be going based off of PPR leagues. So Antonio Gibson, I'll take every time at RB12. He's going to be a guy that gets a lot of pass catching. I think they're going to start to fade J.D. McKissick out of the offense a little more. He was used more than I thought last year. It's kind of ridiculous seeing J.D. McKissick get solid points, especially knowing what we saw in Memphis with Antonio Gibson, what he can do pass catching. RB12 is a pretty big steal for me. I'd take him over 
a few guys in that range. And then, like I mentioned, J.D. McKissick, RB39. I feel like he's going to be phased out of the offense a little bit. I don't see him really finishing at RB39. I'm probably going to rank him more around RB46-ish because even if Gibson gets hurt, McKissick isn't going to be a workhorse back. He's just not that type of guy. I'm not really loving J.D. McKissick, although could he end up on some of my teams? Maybe, but pretty late. Terry McLaurin, wide receiver 11, steal. Terry McLaurin is going to be a top eight wide receiver probably in my rankings. I had him last year. And with guys like Alex Smith, Kyle Allen, Taylor Heineke, three guys who shouldn't even really be starting consistently. Terry McLaurin was so consistent, so good. Scary Terry is a guy that I would love to have on my teams. I mean, that's another guy you're taking over, Amari Cooper. I know he's ranked a little lower than him, but I feel like there are people that are going to fall into the trap of, oh, Amari Cooper gets big points. Amari Cooper puts up touchdowns only in home games and only sometimes. Terry McLaurin, I would love to have wide receiver 11 to steal. And so with Curtis Samuel, wide receiver 42. He was also a guy that brought a little bit of consistency. I mean, he, he was putting up some pretty big numbers. He'll get you rushing touches. He's a pretty good fit in his offense to me. Curtis Samuel, wide receiver 42. I like him to finish better than that for sure. I could see him finishing top 30, to be honest. Maybe not top 30. Top 35. Top 35, I'd be pretty confident saying he can finish. And then Logan Thomas, tight end six. It's, you know, Logan Thomas had a bit of a breakout, but at the end of the day, he's a 30-year-old tight end. And just, I mean, if you're pegging Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel to be consistent fantasy options, you got to leave somebody out of that. I think Logan Thomas might be due for a regression year. I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to be that good to where you have three consistent starting options. I mean, when you look at, I mean, like Dallas Goddard, listed at tight end nine versus Logan Thomas tight end six, I would rather take Dallas Goddard than Logan Thomas. Of course, pending what happens with Zach Ertz, I don't expect him to be on the team. If he is on the team, different story. But we're just assuming right now that he's not. So I would for sure rather take Dallas Goddard than Logan Thomas. Um, So yeah, that's the NFC East. Let me just go ahead and do a quick recap. As far as guys that I like for value, I'm liking Tony Pollard. I'm liking Dallas Goddard. I like Devontae Booker really late. Uh, Kadarius Toney, depending on if his ADP stays the same throughout the offseason. Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, and Curtis Samuel are all guys I love with their value. And then guys that I'm dodging for sure in all leagues are Miles Sanders and Saquon Barkley for sure. And then Evan Ingram, Kenny Galladay, Mari Cooper. Those are guys that I'm probably ducking in most of my leagues. Um, so yeah, I know that this was a fairly quick episode, but it's the first episode, the pilot episode. We're going to be getting some more content going later with these fancy previews. I'll put out rankings. And we got some other really cool show ideas. I'm also recording this on Locker Room if you want to check us out. I also do other types of rooms on this app. So check it out at Locker Room. And uh, yeah, I'll see you all for the next division preview. <laughs>